Earners, what's up? Look, as an entrepreneur, the dream is to earn a living doing what you love. But let's face it, turning that dream into reality is no small feat. That's where Kajabi steps in, transforming challenges into opportunities. I've been there, juggling every aspect of my business, wishing for a simpler way to diversify revenue and grow my brand. Then Kajabi changed the game. It's an all-in-one platform that empowered me to not just build, but thrive. With Kajabi, creating online courses, membership sites, and more became not just possible, but easy. And the best part? I kept 100% of what I earned, thanks to Kajabi's no-commission policy. But Kajabi isn't just about tools. It's about building a profitable business with the support of robust analytics, easy payment options, and customizable templates all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today. And right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash earn. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash earn. Kajabi.com slash earn. And join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over $6 billion. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year, or making a budget that's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes, or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five-star dinner. Or boosting my credit score, since we all know credit is like the real-life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines can have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you? Well, thank you. All right, man. First so question. First statement. Oh, uh, that's not bad. So there's a couple of niggas every generation that wasn't supposed to make it out, but the code to make it. When they get to speak, it's like a coded language. Your mind's said they strengthen all the stolen greatness. Well, side slots and have no my demonstration. I mean, for me, watching it, studying it, I knew how important all money in was from everything. He always talked about them in every every part, every rap, like you no. Know? So it's like in order to tell a story, you have to go to the foundation. Black Sam and Cobby and Hoggy and Pac-Man, like these people are integral parts of the Nipsey hustle story. But also it's like it shows that the marathon really continues, right? Because even though he's not here, they're still here. And they're all individually doing things to carry the flag. We were, you know, talking to a friend of ours about the people that we want to sit down with. And we expressed that, you know, Nip was obviously at the top of the list, but I wonder what Black Sam's doing right now.
Black Sam, the man. Nah, nah, thank you for the hospitality, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate you. Nah, full circle moment. Come on, my God. Yes, sir. So I want to talk about the evolution, man. We on Melrose. Congratulations on this beautiful store that's about to open soon. So how does this feel transitioning from the t-shirt shop to being on Melrose and having a state-of-the-art facility? Like, how's that transition for you? Um, it's good just uh, knowing where we where it came from and um, the vision, um, hustle, facts, the whole team, everything, um, trying to build the brand, you know, before we really knew what it was, just trying to um, figure something out legit so it feel good um, to be able to you know have the brick and mortar that we um, you know what i'm saying we own we, we own it we building it out and hopefully god willing it'll be open soon but definitely definitely feel good just to um continue and get it um like get it cemented and get and get a brick and mortar location back open yeah so let's talk about that because i mean from sloss and tees the first brick and mortar right to the marathon store to or in crenshaw to now that we're here Talk about the importance of that. We see a lot of people doing e-commerce, but you, you, you're pretty adamant about having a brick and mortar. Talk about the importance of having that. Yeah, I think uh, that's a lesson from bro, from Hustle. Uh, just really lacing me and, and explaining it really to the whole team, just the importance and his vision as far as like having a place um, that you can come touch and feel, that you have to come experience. Um, like he, he, he was saying retail, you know, you, you got to own the retail and you got to be able to you know, make it special and, and, and build it out. Like he would tell us the, his, uh, you know, his version of San Rio, mm. like the marathon store. Like if you want to come tap in with anything that he's doing, marathon products, clothing, the only place you can get it from is the actual brick and mortar store. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what he was, you know, pressing for the longest. And, you know, and, and that's, what, that's what we following. That's, 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 the, um, that's the blueprint. I think even for when we was first getting going, you know, people trying to get wholesale and us trying to go wide and have it on different. He like, nah, nah, nah. Like, don't do that. Just keep it tight. Brick and mortar. They got to go to the online or they got to come to the marathon store. And so, you know, I didn't fully understand it at first, but little by little, I start seeing the genius in that. And um, that's why for, for me, it's important just to, you know, stick to the script. And Hustle was visionary. Like, he wanted to eventually have 10 marathon stores. And, um, his goal was to have, he like, man, when I, when I drop a project, I want to put out 100,000, I want to send 100,000 to each of my stores, strategically located. He said, I'm shipping, I'm, I'm shipping a million every time, first day. And so we was just looking like, okay, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk about the experience, because we on a rooftop. My understanding is going to be like, I see the jacuzzi. Nice touch. It's <laughs> cool. We'll, we'll get there later. We'll get to that we'll later. Talk about that later on. But you're gonna have TVs, and they got a you got a studio downstairs, so it's not just a regular store. Right. So how important is that for you to create an experience for the customer? Yeah, the experience is important, and once again, that's hustle. Him telling us, like, uh, you know, when I go to a Supreme, you know, they got the skateboard ramp in the middle. He like, man, I want to be the first store that got, you know, uh, a studio, full functional studio in there and he's telling us the design so we did it exactly we got the guy that built hustle studios you know the damn near like family to us he always he came in put his touch on it and um that's in there we um uh, we we gonna park the brinks truck in the middle uh the legendary brinks truck legendary yeah yeah and uh, a lot a lot a lot of little small details that's important to us that we trying to um make sure uh, when, when downstairs opens up but for now this rooftop 
is um, kind of going to be like um, private shopping. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you want to come through, you still, you, you still can get some of the new things that we drop in. And you maybe host events for the team, all money and team up here and little small things with the cannabis. But that's what this space was, you know. Hustle was always into some fly rooftop shit. So we, when we seen this, we like, all right, this is, this is something bro would have came in and, and caught his bounce right here. He would have loved this. So, you know, when we up here, we feel good. Um, it's clean, like you said, we got the jacuzzi there. That shit came with the spot. <laughs> as soon as we seen it, we like, all right, we taking it. This is it. This is it. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's little by little, man. We've been, we've been working on this shit for a minute. How many, how many, how long? Since probably 2020. And uh, through right COVID, pandemic. yeah, through, through we had to get permits and all that through, through COVID, shut down, and uh, just you know self financing it, trying to get it done. But we we damn near like 90% to the finish line, so um, it's gonna be good. Yeah. So obviously the the first store, legendary store, one of the visions for Nip was to have people come to Crenshaw because it became a landmark. What what are the plans for the uh, the, the original marathon store? Original Marathon store for us, it's important. Uh, that's that's going to turn into the Neighborhood Nip Foundation. Mm. So the whole lot, um, you know, we're still going to keep the original Marathon store there, but it's not going to be like anything for, 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 for sale or like business. It's just strictly nonprofit Neighborhood Nip Foundation. Um, I want to bring back the Vector 90, tap in with Dave, and have that for the kids to come, you know, maybe like once a week, two times a week on the weekends or something. Um, have them teachers volunteer or we hire some teachers get, get you know get some lessons in and for that you earn a little studio time have a studio in there have them teach the kids how to uh, do music and uh, you know we got the barbershop there had a free haircuts feed them give them some clothes and they and, you know and, and that that for me is important on Crenshaw and Slauson so that's the goal mm -hmm. you know that's it that's in the that's in the plans yeah so how do we how do we end up here right so we're in Melrose obviously a long way from Crenshaw right how, how do we end up in choose this location specifically? Um, I think uh, for us, store number two was always important that we came, you know, like to Fairfax or Melrose. And um, I think when we were about to open the first store, the goal kind of, because a lot of shit that was going on, we like, man, we need to go get, we need to go move the shop. But Hustle wanted to make sure he opened the first one on Crenshaw and Slauson. So for all of us, the plan was store number two, we coming, we coming on Melrose or, or Fairfax. Um, so in looking for, you know, a, 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 a new spot, we were all up and down, Fairfax, nobody would lease to us. And, um, you know, Rock Nation tapped in with us and lent us, they, they like top real estate person. So he came in, he like, look, I'm gonna find y'all a building. So he ended up saying, my boy got this building. He's finna move, he's trying to sell it. It's, it's, it's closer towards La Brea. So we're like, nah, we wanna kind of be up, up, up by Fairfax. He's like, trust me, just, just, just pull up and come check the spot out. So I'm like, all right. So we pull up downstairs. I wasn't really sold, but as soon as I walked upstairs, you know, like I told you, I seen like the vision. He had the elevator in here. He had the jacuzzi on the rooftop. I'm amazed, like, man, what the fuck? So we like, all right. <laughs> we like, nah, this is, you know, this is God. Like this, this is us. And then he was selling it damn near like half off. So we was like, all right, this is, you know, through, through, through all the months and months and months of searching and getting turned down, you know, I understood why it was because this was meant for us at this time. So, so you own you own the building. Yeah, yeah. How important is that to as opposed to Lisa? Uh, for me, it's important. Uh, you know, when I say we own it, it's in the kids. It's in it's in Hustle Kids' um, names. Um, you know, and, and they trust funds. So, when they get older, um, 
you know, this is something that they father worked for and that they own, so that's important for me. And then also just having brick and mortar, um, once again, the reinforcement hustle told us and taught us just through the ups and downs of, you know, of whatever with business or brands, you know, whether your shit is booming online and slows down, just having that brick and mortar and being able to pass it down through the family, I think is important. And uh, that, to me, that's the importance of us actually owning this, this property. And the real estate play, right? Like, it's gonna go up in value. That's 100% gonna happen. It, this is like Fifth Avenue in New York. Like, there's no way that you own real estate here and it doesn't appreciate over the course of time. Yeah, the, uh, just to what you're saying, without saying it like that, but you brought it up, the, the property has doubled already mm -hmm. since, 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 we, since we got it, yes. Uh, why, why do you think you have trouble? Because for me, I would think that they would want to lease to you guys. Y'all from LA and the name is so big, as soon as the door is open, it's going to be a line wrapped around the block. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that you had trouble. Right. Um, you know, it was a, it, it, it was, it's always a lot attached to it. I don't know exactly 100%, but I feel like, you know, they was like, nah, not, 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 not over here. So, um, but every, like I say, everything happened for a reason. You know, I was mad at the, at the time, but I feel like it was part of the, you know, it, it, without, without getting turned down, we would have never, yeah, yeah, 100%. No, that's a fact. So as, I feel like, you have a responsibility, in a sense, to carry the blueprint, carry, carry yeah. the torch for the family name. How important is, it, is the team? Because we remember Kavi, obviously we got Howie here. How is it important when you, in leaning on them when you're trying to help, uh, create decisions about the business side, right? Or, or are they integral in it? Are you integral in their, in their endeavors as well? Yeah, I think, I think for us, um, you know, it's the hustle way. Anytime hustle um, went out and, and, and put something down, he always, Reach back, involve me. Reach back, involve Fats. Reach back, definitely involve, you know, the whole All Money In team, Kabi, um, Pac, Hoggy, um, Stone. And I think um, they all, the whole team hustlers anyway, since, you know, since I was younger, you know what I'm saying, when we was trying to get money, the whole team, Kabi, been having money, spots, you know what I'm saying? We always look up to Kabi as a grinder and, so he always had his shit going. Pac always was a young nigga grinding. And I think, number one, that's why the synergies with Nip. Hoggy, same thing. Hoggy was a young nigga in a, in a whip. I think he couldn't even, he wasn't even supposed to be driving. You know what I'm saying? He, he put yeah, that up, doesn't surprise me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the whole team is hustlers. And I think um, we all took, you know, advice and inspiration, you know, from hustle. And, uh, and vice versa, he came and his team was strong. And, and so, you know, anything that we can do to help, always, you know, they got their own clothing brands, they got their own, you know, studios, their own movements, websites, and um, it's shit booming. And, um, you know, once we get this open, um, you know, my, my, my goal is obviously collabs or anything we can do to help, you know, the, the individual brands uh, we here to do, you know, as Hustle always do. And always will do. You know, we're gonna continue. So, what's the what's the corporate structure here? Because I know a lot of people don't see what goes on behind the scenes. But we met JP, and I'm sure there's other people that's involved. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that? Like the different people and their responsibilities? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The the as far as the marathon team, um, the the whole all money in team and the whole team is is, is highly involved, and they tap in. But as far as like the everyday marathon team that's JP, that's Adam, myself. Um, and, you know, as far as like designing, um, 
seven days a week trying to figure out sourcing online, financing, just that's the team that's just every day putting in everything for this for for this brand as far as like trying to get it open and get it to the next level. Um, so, you know, since day one, you know, uh, when, when, when and, and, you know, Fats is no longer here, but his family is a, is, is a part owner in the Marathon Clothing and the Marathon as, as a brand with us. So every step of the way, you know, we, we, we got to make sure that they come in with us. And, you know, when we open this store, they kids and their family know too, this is, this is y'all, this is, this is part owned by y'all too. And uh, this is something that your father, you know, um, struggled for and sacrificed for. So, um, not to be long-winded, but when you talk about the the, um, the 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 marathon team, um, as far as the ownership, this Nip, Fats, um, JP, Adam, and myself. Mm. Talk about the marathon. There's different branches, right? The marathon OG, the the, the cannabis side, yeah. the clothing side. What, what encompasses the whole situation? Um, I think the the brand that you know Hustle created the brand. Um, I think I talked about it before. Uh, the, the the marathon mixtape was the first time when I heard it, and um, you know I'm fresh out. Hustle is killing them in the streets. Bullets ain't got no names. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think volume one and two, I'm first hearing it. And I'm like, oh, nigga, we on everywhere we go. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm high energy. I'm like, bro, you, it's, it's a wrap. We got it. And, and, and we put out volume three. And as Nip is working on the next project, he's like, uh, this next one I'm going to call the marathon. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what? Nah, nah, nah. What are you, man? We going to run bullets ain't got no names to volume 10. <laughs> like, don't, like, what you talking about? We on, right? He like, nah, nah, bro, trust me. And um, him and JP had been tapping in a lot and um, reading books on branding. And, you know, JP was taking photos, black and white photos, and he was really, you know, creating logos. And so he laid the vision out, you know, to us. And um, that created the Marathon brand. And I didn't fully understand it at that point, but when the project came out, I seen how wide it went. And I seen, like he said, he, he like, man, I don't like the energy at the shows, you know, we hopping off the of stages, getting into fights with niggas, shootouts and every, like, that ain't that, that that's not the energy a nigga want to bring i want to bring like inspiration and so i didn't fully understand it but once the project came out and um i start seeing the difference i start seeing people coming with resumes people coming in and telling bro like man i'm in college i'm staying in college because of your message mm -hmm. and you know i said that's that that's the point where i said oh this you know bro this is genius and from that came the marathon continues mixtape and um you know the clothing brand, trying to figure out what to call the clothing brand, um, came Marathon Clothing. And, you know, like you say, Marathon OG, and just that those are the branches that came from, you know, from the Marathon brand. Yeah. One, one of the things, um, you know, obviously that y'all made known was Crenshaw, right? So you talked about the Bulls Have No Names, we talked about the Marathon mixtape, but talk about the importance of when that Crenshaw mixtape and the business plan behind that hit the streets and, and what it was like going through it at that time? Um, I think for me, I, I remember when I first got out, Hustle and Adam was doing the MySpace, you know, and um, I didn't know what that exactly was, but they like, they finna start, start building the touring and, you know, they getting uh, verses and getting booked for shows. And um, I, I remember Adam like, man, everybody on this MySpace keep asking about this Crenshaw crew neck that Nip wore 
in the um, Hustle in the House video. Mm -hmm. Like everybody talking about where can I get it? So I'm fresh, I'm like fresh out like, hold on, huh? So I'm like, all right, that's what we gonna do. So me and Fats immediately just went and tried to recreate the crew necks. And from that, um, the Crenshaw hoodies, and we started seeing the, the everybody was on, on, on the sweater. So I'm like, all right, we gonna try to get the shop back. And we got the shop back and moving forward, you know, Hustle, obviously, anytime we would do anything, he taking it and putting it on, putting it on every video, putting it on and just making that shit go out of here, like gold record, everybody wanted them. And we started seeing, but we were like, you know, how do we take it to the next level? And I think when the Crenshaw mixtape came out, to me, from looking back at it, that was the next level because it was a different font. It was the old school um, um, Boys in the Hood font. Mm -hmm. You know, him and JP did the photo and JP created it or pulled it. I think JP, you, you, um, you sent it you sent it to us, or are you oh, showing yeah, us something? Yeah, I said, why don't we? Why haven't we flipped this yet? Yeah, yeah. It made, made perfect sense. I'm like, this happened in your neighborhood. Yep. I'm like, and it's another variation of the logo. And then Hustle's the one that took ownership and was like, this is what the mixtape's gonna be called, and I'm gonna wear it on the on the cover. And this is gonna be the the design that's attached to this project. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, you know, there's so many things I could speak about, but you know, Sam, speak, you know, hits it right on the head. So we was talk, talking about Brandon before you, when you guys were in the office, we was talking, and everything is just so iconic with the the flag, the color scheme. Mm -hmm. It's it's like Nike, like there's certain brands when you see it, it's like you just want to buy it just to wear it, like you know what I mean, because it means something. How was that putting putting that play together? Like, whose idea was it to have the flag and have the the red and white and have it look the way that it looks? Because it's actually very very iconic feel to it. That's that's the offspring of Hustle and I having conversations about rebranding and, and and turning the you know his brand and everything he represents on his head. You know, um, now Bullets ain't got no name series was you know like Sam said was a classic. It's undisputable. And it was important to lay that foundation to, so people know like where he's coming from and the realities of where he's coming from. He was never one to glamorize it, of course, but just to express it, you know, in its raw format and give people an update of what's happening in the streets of LA. Because there had been so many other versions prior to it that were kind of too, too nostalgic and felt like something that was borrowed from the past. Mm. And so we're coming with the marathon brand. He wanted everything to be brand new. So I'm coming in, coming up with the box logo, our marathon box logo, the flag you alluded to. Um, we took, we borrowed from Life Magazine. Mm. That's where the that's reference good. is from. I, I was looking at, it, I'm like, because I, I know the impact that the Supreme thing had on it, uh, having the brick yeah. store. I was like, the box, they did it people, too. People may feel that, and, and they caught, they actually referenced from someone else, yeah. right? Ours was from Life Magazine because. The imagery that we created for the campaign was in black and white on film. Mm -hmm. When all of our counterparts and everybody was going digital because it was more cost effective and it had a, you know, you can upload it a lot quicker, yeah. uh, we went the complete opposite way against the grain and we went with black and white film. And so one of the publications that I always liked and I brought to the table was Life Magazine. And so that's where we, we borrowed the, the concept for that. And then with the flag, that was, you know, every movement has its flag, so we had to have ours. 
And so again, Hustle, Hustle always came up with these like really concise and specific ideas, and then he just handed it off to me for execution. Mm. And it always worked out. Even the color red, it just popped, like, that talked about that? Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, we could have, of course, you know, instinctively people probably felt Hustle would want to go with blue, <laughs> but um, just red and white just pops out. Yeah, I read a book where it's like uh, most fast food restaurants, it's red and yellow. Something about red, it, it, it's, it's an appealing color. It yeah. like gets your appetite. It, it gets your appetite they going all as well. Burger King, McDonald's, KFC. Wendy's, almost Wendy's every, if you notice, every fast food company uses red yeah. in some capacity. Also represents passion, you know, like your heart. Okay. Usually, so there's different colors that, that people identify with different emotions and mm -hmm. red definitely, you know, makes sense for our brand. JP, I'm, I'm glad you stepped in because I want to talk about logistics for a sec. Sure. Obviously, Marathon brand has blown up, right? Right. Uh, obviously, through, uh, after the untimely passing of Nip, there was an influx of orders, right? And what was that process like even now where it's like we have a lot of inventory to get out? How do we balance it by order? Like, what's the balance when, when, you, when you're taking inventory in, trying to get it out as fast as possible with the influx of, of people trying to get the product? Man, we were forced to, to scale. I mean, we all, we naturally wanted to grow and, and exponentially little by little by little, but, you know, there was, like you said, an outpour of orders and influx that, you know, was hard with our existing system that was completely in-house to ship from, you know, the, the store on Crenshaw Slauson mm -hmm. out to, you know, any corner of the world that was ordering. So we just had to, we just had to uh, partner with the right fulfillment team, um, level up on our production. Um, that, that was really pretty much it, you know, just making sure that we had, we had the proper system in place, you know, to meet the demands. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, a lot of times people, they'll get an influx of business, but they're not ready to scale, right? And so you have to be prepared to have a system. You found a fulfillment. So these are, these are yeah. the things, yeah. I think we had, we had them kind of in our corner already. A couple people stepped up. And I think, you know, one of, one of the things that the team is very adaptable, you know, so whatever the circumstance may be, um, we fi we, we're resourceful when we figure things out. And, and let me speak, Rock Nation tapped us in with Live Nation mm. at that point. And, um, you know, t to what you're saying, it was, there's no way we could have um, fulfilled those amount of orders or even sourced the product, um, uh, created the product. It was so many, you know what I'm saying? We, the back end of our website, we used to leave it like thousands of units. Mm -hmm. and as we'll get 20 or 100, we'll go make them real quick. Week turnaround, when you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of orders, yeah. it's no way. But they tapped us in with um, Live Nation. They came in, you know, no contract, not, no nothing, free. Took everything that we had, went in, helped us source everything and fulfill all the orders mm -hmm. and got us caught up. You know, it took, it took maybe some months of logistics, but they the ones did the heavy lifting and um, got us to a point where, you know, everything had either been f refunded or fulfilled. And then at that point, it was for us to keep scaling and keep figuring out customer service. You know, we got um, a new fulfillment center. Uh, I think we had, with them, we, th they had a spot in, um, what, like San Diego. Now we got it back, we in Compton. We can go there every day, tap in, we got the customer service, and um, just every day it's just adding and building it out and just trying to scale, but it is, um, it's a full-time job. Yeah. So, like, talk about the customer service. How is that? I'm assuming pe most people gave you grace, but how is that as far as navigating 
complaints and stuff like that. I'm sure people, you know, like. Yeah, yeah as they supposed to, you know, one thing I told the team, look, this ain't going to be easy. You know, we come from hustling. So, you know, at the end of the day, we ain't taking nobody money. Like, you know, you're going to get your money back or you're going to wait until we can fulfill it. And we ain't over here with our feet up. We in this motherfucker seven days a week. We, 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 we cutting even or we losing money to get your shit fulfilled, you know, and, um, you know, it ain't like, you know, it's hustle. It's not, a, it's not, it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a sprint, you know, and, and as, and what we're trying to do is, you know, we're not, we're not owned by no corporation. This is self-financed. This is, you know, this is built from the ground, brick by brick. So, you know, for the most part, people understand and uh, people tapping in. And if you can't, we, we get we refund you your bread. This this ain't no this ain't no heist, and um, you know what I'm saying. For, for some real shit, it's not a heist. And at the end of the day, you know, we 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 making progress. You know, little by little, we got the customer service full full time. We got the huge facility. You know what I'm saying. We got we upgrading all the quality of the products. We t- we really tapping in with more cut and sew. We got the brick and mortar that's coming. So I think, you know, during the process. It's easy for people to get like, you know, get crazy. You know what I'm saying? We, we understand. Listen, it's love. But I feel like when we finally put it together and put the pieces together, people are going to salute and going to be like, okay, I understand. Yeah, that did a collab with Puma. Um, is there more collabs like that? Because we see that happening a lot, whether it's Balenciaga and Adidas or Prada and Adidas. And a lot of these brands collaborate with each other. Is that something that you want to do more of? Um, yeah, co- collabs is good as far as um, Puma. You know, with with us, it's, it's, it's they really close to our heart because they gave Hustle a, um, they gave Hustle a deal, and actually our collab is because of Hustle. Like I say, Hustle 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 went and, and, and figured it out for himself, and always, you know, within that deal, he told him, listen, I appreciate it, but. Within my deal, you need to write in once a year, you have to do a collab with my clothing brand, mm-hmm. with my team, Marathon Clothing. And so he got that inked into his first deal. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you know, that, that, was, that was the reason of our collab with Puma. And then, you know, after everything, um, they came back to the table and made sure the kids were set up straight. It had nothing to do with um, sales of clothes or, or the, the, the um, the success of the capsules just off the top every year they hitting the kids in their trust fund they they they, they did it right for hustle and uh, they allowed us to also do the collabs and do it the way we want to do it it's not about like selling a lot of units or printing up a lot of t-shirts and going wide and all this is just let's do it tasteful let's come in with the hustle way create pieces that um the hustle actually wore bring in groovy who designed them for us yeah man um yeah, 100%. Shout out to Groove, man. He came in, same thing, just passionate. And um, that collab is, is special, not to be long-winded, but that collab with Puma is special to us. Yeah, so in terms of collabs, how about products, right? Are there new products that, that we see that are coming from the Marathon brand? I know we just dropped the new the new uh, the Lion logo, right? Um, so I got that in that's it. That, that's actually in my okay. in my it's already in my car. It's on the way to my house. Um, I'm sure shortly. But are there more products that you guys envision in the future? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think JP, you know JP be keeping us sharp with the products, man. We just <laughs> did the money machine, um, the custom. That was that was one of Nip ideas, mm-hmm. and so you know I was happy for us to bring it bring it to life. Now one of them fake money machines that just count the bills actual machine that counts the currency 
and uh, all, branded with all money in on it. Um, but yeah, I let I, I pass it to JP. We, he he got a lot of um, a lot of plans and a lot of ideas for the future. Yeah, I mean, as far as it comes to apparel and products, I mean, just continue wanting to push the the envelope and come with with stuff that you know that people want to use on a daily basis in terms of clothing, something that's visually appealing, that's comfortable, that's fashionable. Um, I mean, we, we, got, we got a pretty solid team, always uh, looking to bring in new designers, you know, that kind of bring uh, fresh perspectives to fashion and to design. But um, really a lot of it is inspired by, you know, by Hustle. He, he laid the blueprint for so many different things. We don't try to deviate too far away from that and, and go out of our, our I don't want to say comfort zone, but just do things that are true, true to, to the marathon brand. You know, we don't try to swerve into other people's lanes because it may, may be more um, commercially viable or it might, it might be more lucrative. We just do things that we feel, you know, we all as a collective feel comfortable and we feel excited about. And, you know, we, we, we take one step at a time. When, when is the, the grand opening, the expected, expected grand opening? Uh, man, honestly, we still working. I think we, we close. We don't have an exact date, but um, definitely got to be this year. You know, we, 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 we pushing. We got a lot of ideas um, and uh, things that we know we have to um, present before we can open. And so all of them are being worked on. Uh, but once, we, once those get built out, we still want to come in and really, you know, bring Idris in and um, do some things with the new technology that he he has going and we want to take a step back and make sure that um, when you do come and it is open it's, it's an experience so yeah. it's no it's no rush we just want to make sure we nail it get it right yeah Idris that's our guy yeah. he, um, actually I'm glad you said that because I know that Nip had the vision of making it a smart store mm -hmm. is technology still a major part and is you plan on doing that making this a, a smart store yeah 100% 100% it's like Exactly what you're saying. When we finish the build out, we got to bring him in and, and, and let him, you just know, his, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's no, it's no rush. Is you know what I'm saying? It, it ain't no rush. Just get it right, and then, um, you know, we'll feel comfortable with, you know, opening up. Yeah. So whenever that happens, there's, there's a guarantee that that we will be here to support that. Come on, you. you know, from New York and from obviously when we anytime we're in LA tapping in, man, it, it's a. It's a true, honor, a true honor to be here in your presence and for you to share your space, man, and your time and the family with us, man. This, this has been incredible. No, I appreciate y'all pulling up, man. Oh, that's too easy. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. May you just get a couple minutes in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you back? Sure, yeah. sure. Uh. All right, so this is a sneak peek, one room. Yeah. Tell us, tell us where we at right now. What's the vibe? Uh, this is the rooftop. This is like, kind of like private shopping. Mm -hmm. So while we still um, getting downstairs renovated, taking our time with it, we gonna probably within another couple weeks open this up like uh, private shopping. So you can book in time slots, all the new stuff that we design and new cut and sew, some of the old classics. Um, you can get them from here just to, um, you know, be able to offer some type of. Uh, uh, brick and mortar location while we wait on the other the, the main shop to be designed so there's some of the new stuff the classics the Crenshaw hoodies shirts um, some of the new designs oh and this is the short set the, the set the hoodie set 
Yeah. This yeah. is new? Yeah, that's new. Yeah, I'm about to say, I haven't seen this on the site yet. <laughs> this is one of those things. So I, I see the paper planes up there. You spoke about Rock Nation, man. That, that relationship. Talk about how solid that's been, how important it's been to, to the, the development of the marathon. Yeah, I think um, just solid people. Um, Nip had a real close relationship with uh, Emery. And, you know, he, he, he brought the um, situation for uh, Nip to be signed with Rock Nation, brought the Puma deal together. And aside from that, just had a real solid relationship. Like I met Emery through, you know, Nip introducing me to him. And so I think they, aside from business, they just been there to um, kind of make sure everything is done correctly, help out at any time we need. Um, they'll phone call away and then also advise, mm. you know, and, and, and so been a blessing, man. Any, any any opportunity, especially with, you know, clothing or anything that they have, they always pass it to us and um, just extend the olive tree, man. So they definitely been 100%, man, and we appreciative. So is this, um, is this part going to be, once the store fully opens, is this going to be like a VIP shopping experience? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're thinking. This would be, once it's open, it's like, you know, somebody kind of don't want to, be, seen, yeah. be down there or want to kind of like get in in and out yeah. come up here and um, you know do they think and some of the new stuff when people come in out of town you want to get something that ain't out yet yeah. come up to the top and get it you know when y'all pull up man y'all yeah. gotta get yeah. laced today yeah. we got, we got laced y'all you already yeah, know that's crazy I just this that uh, series just uh, released uh, like two weeks ago with the right. flowers yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah. Man, just, so talk about this we gotta talk about this before we how what does this mean to you? Six million sold. It got all of the, his body, his discography. Um, you know, you saw it from the beginning stages. So, you know, how does that feel to actually have this, this these plaques, platinum, gold on the music side? It's good because um, Hustle, you know, deserved it, man. I just wish, you know, he, it, it would have been while he was here. But for me, the most important thing is, you know, his daughter and his son, too, being able to see this and understand. And for us, just, you know, it's, 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 it's a good feeling to, for bro to have his plaques, you know? Kobe, to me, like the point guard. Kobe Supreme, the point person. You know what I'm saying? When I think of all money in, he seemed like the point guard of the situation. You know, when we try to get this thing done, the first person that said, you know, shout out to Dave Gross, he's like, you, you gotta talk to Kobe. Off the rip, talking about, you know, A and B, what it stood for, what the plans were, like, you know, very organized with his thought process. So, you know, that, that comes from a, a high level of maturity. The fact that you know we were able to have access to him, that was incredible. But his leadership is what's incredible to me. Like if, if Nip is the is the, the general, then I feel like Kobe was a lieutenant. So I wanna applaud y'all too for doing what you're doing. It, it means a lot to me, it means a lot to the youth, to the kids, everybody that's watching. And I just wanna salute y'all and how y'all y'all keep going, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. No Gucci problems. Wow. Get money with Thomas, wow. Louis V. Persona, right. hit it with a llama, right. you don't want them that's problems, right. I do my thing in the kitchen, see that's a Pyrex vision. So where did all money business come from? Come so all money business is, 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 is just an extension from all money in, like, like how you got uh, cash money and then YMCMB. Okay. So the plan for A&B was to take A&B and take all the, the kids in the neighborhood and do some creativity, whatever whatever it is you want to do. If you do music, we want to help you push that. If you do art, we want to help you push that. You make clothes, we want to help you push that. So that's that's basically what A and B was. 
So A, yeah, a and B is is it your brainchild or who who's involved? A, in a, B? A, a and B is 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 me, Kabi Supreme. This is this is my brand, my business. You know, and you know I'm a member of All Money In, of course. Sure. Nip right hand. You know, anything I'm into, you know, the team is behind me. But this is solely just me. Yeah, we we, we saw we got a. A person out front that greeted us, man. I see mom's outside. Oh, yeah. Mama Love. Mama, yeah. Mama, Mama Love had the bees bumping outside. Without a doubt. And so I, I, the last time we came, you weren't here. I think the store was closed. It was kind of late in the evening. But I don't know if you had the spot next door. No, we didn't. So let's let's talk about that. When you got this spot and you said, let's expand. Because now that's not even clothing. That's, that's more in the food space. Yeah, it's more in the food space. So I just thought about uh, the different things that we needed around here in the neighborhood and uh, what was gonna work. And I said, you know what? We need to uh, build a, a restaurant for our people to where we can, you know, and then we'll have vegan food, uh, juices, like, you know, a different type of way to treat our folks. And you can come here, you can eat, good house was you're gonna have that new American soul. You, you know, we got mama cooking. So, 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 you know, the food gonna be fire. So, you know, we, we'll, we, we gonna open up uh, Boulevard Bob's A&B and more, and probably like the next two months, y'all can come down and y'all can sit and eat with us. That's, that's, that's impressive, wild. man. Yeah. So where, where did all money end? Like who's, whose idea was it to come up with all money in? Cause it's all money in, no money out. That's, all money that's, in, the, no full, money that's the full slogan? What, yes, that, that is. So, you know, originally we the, we the Slauson boys, cause yeah. we come from off of Crenshaw and Slauson. And you know, Nip just, you brainstormed and wanted to do something different. And, and you know, his motto was like, was that like to be, a owner to have some ownership and whatever that we was doing so he came up with that slogan all money in no money out and it worked and everybody from the team as far as me uh cousin capone bh j stone nipsey black sam adam jp all of those entities everybody is hustlers <laughs> in their own right we got a different type of team you know so everybody you know like how you see copy like you got nymph uh about two miles down with the clothing store, the restaurant, the barbershop. You got Kabi down here with the clothing store, the restaurant, and so on, you know? So the, the model was just different, you know? And everything we do is for the kids to actually see, take it in and learn from it. Because we all really come from like a real humble beginning. Yeah, I'm looking at Monopoly and the way you just said it, it felt like y'all treated it like the Monopoly board. You got that block, I'm gonna take this corner. You got red, I got green. And then we see this, this, this billion dollar project that brought the semen, the train. So talk about the importance of having it in this location with this new train so the, line So in. the train line is actually diff so different for uh, Crenshaw, for, for, for my whole city. Uh, the train line runs all the way from, I think, Lancaster all the way to the airport. So you, it's pretty cool. It's going to bring in a lot of business. Uh, and as you see outside the store, we have new development. Mm -hmm. So right now on Crenshaw, they're building high rise apartment buildings. And you got guys like me that's smack dead in the middle of them. So, which is cool, cause I'll be able to, you can come here, you can get your clothes. You can come here, you can get your food. And we right here. But uh, Destination Crenshaw is something that NIF started. And you got guys like Marquise, the mayor, uh, pick up on it, everybody got together. And, and, and this is what you see, you're gonna see murals up and down Crenshaw of the Crenshaw destination. You're gonna see Nip. You know, it's just, it's us, it's the new city. It's the new LA. So how, talk about that, cause like coming from New York, when we saw LA, 
when we was growing up, it was uh, Boys in the Hood. Right. And um, all of those type of movies, right? And then the music, of course, Snoop and all of that. So we had an image of what LA was. Um, but I have a feeling that it's different now than that image that we had in the 90s. So growing up in LA, how has the neighborhood, how has the city changed from the 90s to where we are now, 2023? Well, it changed. The, the fashion is totally different. You know, <laughs> you know, you know the kids, the, the kids dressing a little it's different. No khakis it's no, it's, it's no khakis and Jerry curls no, like the movie. No, no, no you know that, that it, it was like that once upon a time. You know, yeah. but now the kids, they, you know, it's it's the youth, and we got to take it to them like the new youth. I take a pair of khaki pants, uh, hem them up, and put uh, like my guy Desto. They gonna put uh, an awful lot of cuffs or on their pants or dress their pants up a different type of way. But you know, we gotta, you know, everybody needs to adapt to the new things that's coming because that's what it is when you got the younger kids. You gotta let them shine. You know what I'm saying? Cause I remember being a, a, a young guy amongst the older, older guys and they didn't understand when we had our pants tapered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I, was, cause I came into the khakis, so well we was taking our khakis and going to take them to the swap meet and get them tapered and kind of wear them like, like a little different. You know, but yeah, times change, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we just evolve with the times. Yeah, man. So the, the marathon continues, obviously, through y'all and through us. We, you know, we had that conversation earlier. But talk about that time in between the tragedy to getting on your feet and saying, nah, there's a dream I have for myself to, to expand it, what, the vision. What was that process like during that time for you? That was a big process. It was a hard process, a long process. And, you know, the world felt that, Yeah. you know even though this was my brother and my, my twin, and I had my own feelings about it, I had to like take my feelings almost out of it and take a step back mm -hmm. and look at what the world went through. And, 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 and it was crazy, because I still would be having conversations with him as he gone, like, because I just know him, he'll, he'll be like, yeah, ain't nobody did it like this, Trump. <laughs> that's, that's how I never, so he'll, he'll be like, oh, neighborhood, look how many people on Crenshaw and Slauson, look what I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, he, he'd have been proud for these moments right here, you know? So it, it, it mean a lot. So talk about the other brands. Everybody has their own brand and all money in, right? Right. So I see play, uh, play ball. That's so Pac-Man. Talk about that. Like talk about the different, the different brands for the different people that's involved. So you got, you got uh, AMB, of course, which is me. You got uh, PBC, Playball Clothing, which is uh, Pac-Man. You got 25-8, which is J-Stone. You got BBH, which is, which is my brother China right there, standing in the back, and a few other brands that come through. As far as my uh, uh, Nolo uh, with uh, Hellstar, you know, just different type of shit, man. But every everything is is, is good. Yeah. I, when I hear y'all talk, man, it, there's a certain level of loyalty, but there's a certain level of ego that has been erased. Right. Did that get developed as from childhood to manhood, or is that something that you know you learn, right? Because when y'all talk, like when you talk about support, like you can feel it. I'm looking in the store; obviously, it's A and B, but you can see everybody's imprints inside of it. And I would imagine when we go to theirs, it's pretty much the same thing. Where did that level of of selflessness come from amongst y'all? The goal was just for that because you know the L.A. culture is kind of like uh, segregated from gangs. Mm -hmm. So you you know you got guys that like like me that come from Crenshaw and Slauson and then you'll have guys that come from another area that won't necessarily come on this side mm -hmm. to purchase, to buy anything. So that's why we use platforms like this to let everybody know everybody is welcome. 
everybody. It don't matter where you're from, who you are. So we're trying to bridge the gap from, from, from the gang violence, the gang culture, and, and let everybody see that it, we, actually, we can bridge it. Everybody can come together. That's why you've seen guys like Nipsey and YG together. Mm -hmm. And that, and that actually works, yeah. you know. Yeah, it yeah. stop a lot of things, you know, and it, it, it just create a different narrative. Yeah, business has no boundaries. Brother Dave, I see you, there you go. <laughs> How you doing? There he goes. Yeah. BH is outside. Oh, for sure. That's, 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 a, that's a good thing. Well, brother, it was good. I should have grabbed him and told him to come in. No, I told him, he Sorry. said he about to go switch our cars. It was good. It's good, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Yeah. You got a couple words for the camera? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So so all, all, all the art comes from uh fans. It's it's fan-based art and and we uh you know, we give them a plateau. We give you a platform for you to, for your art. So a few of these people came from like fans that was deep deeply rooted inside Nip music and what he had going on and what he was doing. You know. Dave, yeah. Gro Dave Gross, we got to introduce him. So he's actually the person that put this together. Dave, I think we met like two years ago online, right? Something like that? A little bit longer. So you actually pulled up, you, you pulled up at Vector in like 2020. Well, yes. we had already had a relationship at that point yeah. though. Yeah. But um, so obviously if you watched EYL, you probably seen him on Assets Over Liabilities. That's but a fact, yeah. Real estate developer, used to work on Wall Street, neighborhood kid that moved to New York for 20 years. And we debate about hip hop. We had a very <laughs> passionate, some, some, we had a very comments. passionate debate about <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> but um, good dude. So when we was putting this together, I had reached out to him, and uh, he he was a man of his word. Connected us with Kavi, and now we're here. So wanted to thank you for that, brother. Nah, for sure. Thank you guys for pulling up. Um, it's my my brother. Without a doubt. Definitely a neighborhood legend. Um, he's had some form of business right here for the past, how long? Uh, two, three years. But before that, you had the weed shop here. Oh yeah, well before that, I, I, I actually occupied this, this building here and had a, a, a dispensary in 2010. It was, oh, like, wow. it was actually like one of the first, dis, first dispensaries that ever touched uh, Crenshaw or LA. And it, it did well. Like, like very well. You know, you, you know, so, uh, and, you know, we was the first one. So, so when we did it, we didn't know what we had. We was just trying to do something, me and one of my partners. And it ended up being, uh, if I can say probably like 2 million in a year. Whew. That's good business. Yeah. So I see why it, it like, it's like it is now. So many people got into that, uh, into that game. Everybody's in the in the weed yeah. business now. Yeah, every 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 block there's at least one dispensary. Yeah, well, well, out here, yes, every block. You know, we we started a trend. Yeah, and I, I feel like maybe this becomes a new trend, right? Yeah. So you're so. putting business inside of the community. You didn't have to leave the community, which a lot of times you don't see. So there's value inside of that. Yeah. So uh, that has a lot to do with uh, just the way we came up. Uh, mentioning Dave. Victor 90 is a, is a big part of that. The plan was to come to your own city and buy your, buy your own and, and uh, try to find other guys that's like myself or like Nip or like you guys or Dave in other cities and get them to also purchase property inside of their neighborhood mm -hmm. as well. 
So what's the plan going forward for, for A and B for you? Like what's your what's your five year? What's your ten year plan? So my, so my five year plan is to be in the big office, helping out every kid that we can find that's interested in in business and financial literacy and and and, and owning and and music, of course, because you know music is our first love. So you know all the guys that get jerked around with deals inside of the music industry. Come to A and B. We the way. A and B. We the way. How was it to? Because it's like you know it's so crazy. You never really know that, like how one lyric can impact something. And like when Nip, like when he was like, uh, I know Jay Stone and Copy Supreme could relate. Like he's just saying that because you was homeboy, but millions of people know your name now. Like you know what I'm saying Not because of that lyric, including me. So, but I used to always do that, like even. When Nas, I remember Nas used to talk about his brother Jungle, and then I'm like researching, like who's Jungle? Or like Jay talk about Emery, and I'm yeah. like, who's Emery? Like that happens a lot in hip hop culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like talk about the significance of, of Nip as far as, cause he said a lot of different people's names and different songs, and all of those people have become like cultural icons on their own. Um, so talk about that. So first, you know, it's the relationship first before the music and, and, and the fame or whatever. Uh, he just knew we understood. We we was we we all was as, as one in the same pot, you know, uh, same vision, uh, basically just the same type of things. Like what he thought, I thought. Like just, like you you and your brother right here. Like Nip Nip can be thinking something, and I might say it, or, or he'll be or, or or I'll be thinking something, and he might say it, you know. So just one in the same. I wonder now, as, as you're doing this, you're going through this process, and you're building a business, you're building it in the community, and the goal is to reach as many kids as possible. What about the young men and women that are here right now? How receptive are they to what's actually happened? I know, obviously, it was such a big loss, but obviously, y'all have carried the flag and doing a nice job with it. How receptive are they to what's happening? Uh, everybody is, is coming back around, but what Nip did do was put in men, women, uh, teenage kids and older people was to actually own your own and, and, and go get a business and, and, and push. I've never seen this many boutiques or this many uh, art galleries or different type of businesses by us until NIMP starts speaking about it. And once it, it, it just, it changed the mind of the youth and it changed the mind of, 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 of people our age and made people actually want to get up and do something, you know, and I, I believe in that. You know, it's, it's actually a good thing. Now, now all we gotta do is we all need to just shop with each other to keep everything a, a, as a float. Yeah, that, that's one of my, my favorite lines is that, you know, there, there's a few dudes every generation that wasn't supposed to make it out, but they're called right. the Matrix. And when they get to speak, it's like a stolen language. And I feel like that's the only, we're understanding it. So that's like when we say financial revolution, yeah, it is that because it was the language that's being deciphered to a people in a way that's super understandable, but now they can go out and execute on it. And so I'm glad to hear that that's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I, I know we're going to do a tour, but before we head to some different places, I want I want you to just to kind of put it, because a lot of people come to L.A. from out of town, and you say even, even people from L.A., tell them why it's important to patronize and shop in the neighborhood in your store with other black-owned businesses in Crenshaw, as opposed to just always going to the Beverly Center and Melrose, and no, nothing, right. nothing wrong with that, but like, explain the importance of this, because in, in my opinion, this should be like, 
125th Street in Harlem, right? Where it's like a million people every single day. There's people walking up and down the street. So, um, yeah, talk about that a little bit. For and it's about to be like that. Yeah. The demographics are going to be different. Yeah, it's that, about to be like that. But the demographics are Yeah, the importance of uh, that is like if, if, if I have a store and all my people is coming to shop with me and making me grow, that means that the people that, that's working in the store, they're also growing. We, 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 if I got 10 people working here right now, and the store is doing well because I got the whole city backing me. The 10 people that work here, you actually feeding 10 households and probably 20 children. So it means a lot to get your people to come shop with you. You know, and uh, just that alone, it, it saved lives. You know what I'm saying? And it helped out a, a ton. Yeah, and I think it's a misconception. That's why I say out of town, as people think of LA, and of course, there's always going to be crime. There's always issues in every city. But I think a lot of people have a very misconceived notion about like oh, they do. They can't even come. They do. See, see, see. Let me. One thing about LA is you're gonna find. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Some of your best people down here in the hood. You, it's some of the friendliest people, some of the nicest people, the best food, uh, great attitudes to where you'll go uh, uh, north of uh, uh, Crenshaw and get cussed out uh, <laughs> in Hollywood or Sunset. You know what I'm saying? You might find a, 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 a butthole towards that way, but find some of the best people down here in the hood. It's, it, you know, some of the stories are true. I can't fabricate that, you know. Uh, it's, it's still a lot of gang violence and, and, and things that, that goes on around the area. But then you got good people like myself, as, as you know, I think I'm a great person. Uh, you can come down here, you can shop with me, no matter uh, your ethnicity, no matter where you're from, no, no matter what. You can, you can come in here and don't have no money and actually probably leave out with something. Yeah. Don't say that too loud. Yeah. <laughs> What's the location? What's the location for people? The location is 4705 Crenshaw Boulevard. Everybody is welcome. Hey, everybody. AMD. We're going to have it on, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, we're going to wear it with honor, man. Like I said, this is a full circle moment for us to be here with you, to be here to see what's happening. This is, this is amazing. So we're going to make sure that we support and do everything we can to push the brand. Right. Yeah. So I want to share some light. I got my cousin, Loyal. Right here, don't move too fast. I got my I got my little cousin Loyal right here. So when I was coming out with the build out, he was one of the guys that got on the. What's that app called that you use to? So we went on SketchUp Pro and we actually built this whole place out from here to the restaurant off nothing. This whole building actually, when I came back and got it, it was burnt completely down. Oh, it was a fire. Yeah, it was a fire here. It was burnt completely down, and 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 when I seen the place going back up for. To get, we came back down here and got it, and this is what we did. So we got the shoes in the ceiling. Yeah. Right. Now, 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 now that right there is some real LA shit. <laughs> we know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Before we leave, what's this shirt? Crenshaw, Slauson, Overhill. So that's a shirt that's done by uh, my, my, I shared some light on my brother China right here, uh, Black Beverly Hills. So this this is one of my business partners right here that put the, uh, 
this together. Matter of fact, he's the one who's going, who's running the whole A and B store. You know what I'm saying? I, I know everybody. Like I say, the team, the team is different. You might see me and think, all right, Kabi is the one down here doing everything. Now I got good people like Loyal. I got good people like China. That's that's behind me, and I'm behind them as well. And we and we push and we make these type of things happen. So what's what's Black Beverly Hills? What, what's that mean? So Black Beverly Hills is this area over here. It's the wealthiest predominant black area in the whole world, and it's been like that since the 60s. So the brand is a representation of the area, and it's about uh, gentrification and anti-gentrification for us to hold on to our homes. So within the brand that I've been doing for 10 years, we've been promoting the area, we've been promoting uh, black wealth, and letting the, the world know about it. So we've had a billboard on Slauson and Overhill, which is uh, one of the streets on the shirt. And uh, it's, it's taken off. Like, it's been in the movie You People, Janae Aiko's videos, and... The Billboard? The Billboard. But it's so yeah. crazy that you say that because we interviewed um, our people at Hilltop Coffee. Yeah. And they was, I think they're building a coffee shop around here. Um, Lemurk. What? No, they have one. They have one. They got one. They got one. Yeah, yeah. Right across the street from the. Uh, but they're trying the to get that billboard. Right? You had that billboard forever. Or the billboard? They trying to get it. Not my billboard. Fire! Yeah, but that, but they told me about that stat as far as uh, it being you know a, a pretty wealthy neighborhood for black, and that was something that I didn't know. I wasn't aware of that, so that's interesting to know that. So before like black people or any person of color was over here, there are racial restrictive covenants. So on your uh, your titles, uh, it basically said do not sell to any black person. Some people still have those things. So once the uh, Brown versus Board. Everything went through with that. Black people started moving over here. White people moved out. This area turned into 90% black. And it stayed like that for a very long time. Now with the train and everything coming in, a lot of people are trying to move back in and change the area. So yeah. our, our thing is about holding it down, making sure that people know that this is, a, is our area. Because there's no area in America called black anything. You know, So yeah. Black Beverly Hills is a nickname for it. But you know that stands for wealth. How how has the process been? You said people are trying to come back. Obviously, sometimes when you try to come back, you get priced out, right? But there's a, you know we can play a role in that and making sure that we never sell if we have it. But what's 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 that process been like as far as real estate here? People trying to come back to the neighborhood. They coming, they they coming in, and that's yeah. and that's what we use guys like Dave for, and these platforms to get all of us to buy. We need to hold on, buy, and keep what we got. You know what I'm saying? For a ton of reasons. But but yeah, that's it. No, there are a lot of a lot of successful professionals, media personalities, entertainers and athletes, View Park and Windsor Hills, the Dons. Ladera's always been Ladera's always been kinda of like Black Bear. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. Um, but View Park Windsor Hills is always a kinda of hidden gym. And the Dons are going crazy. And this is View Park. This, this, is, is, this is View Park. Yeah. That's what this area is that we're in. It kind of started off as View Park, and then it, it branched yeah. out because uh, Ray Charles built, built one of his first homes over here. So if you ever watched the movie Ray, that's his actual home within that. And he's from Atlanta. So we got a, a mixture of people from all over America that have moved over here to, yeah. to build their homes and that, that have wealth. So that's just about holding on to it. I know you guys get those houses in the hills when you come. Mm -hmm. That view you get being in Bel Air, mm -hmm. 
So you go up in the Dons, that's a neighborhood right back here. You get that same view of the city, just from the opposite side. You get like a 270. What's it called, the, the Dons? Yeah, we call them. Like, yeah, because all the streets are with And that's not Baldwin Hills. Baldwin Hills. Is, is that's yeah. what it, that's yeah. the same area you're talking about? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just saw that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know uh, Crenshaw. The man Crenshaw was actually a, 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 a slave owner. Oh, okay. And that's what I can say about our culture. We, we big on changing the narrative on anything. Like, like a, a word that's been bothering us for years, the N-word. We changed that and took it and used it for our, our, our own self. Just like Crenshaw, we changed the narrative and now we Crenshaw. Yeah, you got a kid in New York wearing it. See, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people didn't, didn't know that the man Crenshaw was, was actually like a slave owner. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and we took that, we embodied that, took it and took it back. How does it feel, like you said, people not just in America, all over the world, Crenshaw, that's become synonymous with just hip hop culture. How does that feel? Being from Crenshaw, like, you know what I mean? You see somebody in Japan wearing a Crenshaw shirt. Oh, like, how's that feel? That's so dope. I've been to Japan two they times. Come to they come. They, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah? they love, oh, yeah. love our culture. They, oh, yeah. they, they, they're over there doing it like So it's a copy supreme in Japan. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a copy supreme them? in Japan. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd, you, how'd you get the name copy supreme? So, all right. So out of the neighborhood, you know, uh, my neighborhood is, is Crips, mm -hmm. right? The, the blue guys, <laughs> you know, the other so, blue guys. yeah, so, 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 so originally coming up, they, they call me G Bob. I don't never tell nobody this story. Oh my God. I can't believe that I'm doing it, but they, but they called me G Bob as a kid coming up. And, and, and since we're Crips, they would take the, the B and turn it into a C. So it, it turns into G Cobb and from G Cobb to Cobby. And, you know, I took the little Supreme because I felt like I always been a Supreme being, you know, and just put a spin on it for the, the rap music. Yeah. There you have it. I can't believe I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the origin story. EYL exclusive. EYL exclusive. EYL origins. Yeah, that's dope, man. Nah. nah this is vibes, man. I, I, like I said, I, I actually learn something every time I come to L.A. I learn more and more about the culture. A lot of the stuff that you just said, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it. So that's that's dope to know. Like I always like to know, like you know you want to enjoy places, but you want to know the history of places as well. You don't want to just come and just you know, just go to STK all the time and catch the vibes. Like you actually want to know like where did it start, what's the origins, what different people, different things like that. I think you have a better appreciation when you actually have some information as opposed to just being tourists. Yeah, and I, and I think what y'all doing is, I mean it's imperative, right? Y'all changing the narrative of what we thought. It's crazy because we were talking about boys in the hood. And then Boys in the Hood was on like a week before we came here. And I remember at the end, Cube had a Crenshaw t-shirt on. Right. And I was like, okay. And the image in 30 years, how y'all changed it and what y'all gonna do with it, man. It's, it's incredible, man. So congrats to y'all for doing this, man. This is The cool part about me and Nipsey, we went to New York and stayed in the Time Hotel for 47 days. And the cold part about it is we went in December. That's cold. Listen to me. That's cold. I've never been that cold in my life. <laughs> New York, I feel like to me, I, and they say it's places that's way colder, but I've never felt no cold like New York. There are places I'm way telling colder. you, you gotta think. <laughs> yeah, me and Nip jumped off the airplane in khaki shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> and, 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 and jumped off like, and went straight to a place called Atrium. In New York, we went straight to Atrium and we both spent about uh, uh, $1,500, $2,000 and got 
puffy coats, <laughs> gloves, uh, rags, like beanies. Coming like, to America. Bro, I couldn't believe it. Bro, I couldn't believe how cold it was. You got the New York attire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had to hurry up and put it on. But New York actually was good to uh, me and them. We met a lot of good people out there. Uh, we matched with a lot of people. Uh, shout out to uh, Johnny Shipes, you know, uh, Cinematic Music, um, Shice Bubs, a lot of good people. Jim Jones, the whole dip set, you know what I mean? Santana for sure, you know. Everybody out there was smooth, man. Well, I remember uh, Nip was saying that he was out there for a while and did a lot of like promo and all that. That was he did that on purpose, or he just wanted to get away from LA for a little bit, or? So you see, see what people don't know about Nip. Nip was really hip hop. See, um, see, this is my brother, and I know this. Like, Nip knew, Nip was like one of the guys that that you know how you got the backpack rappers and, and things yeah. like that. Nip was one of them guys that 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 had that as well. Mm. Like like and, a study and, and, study and, and, yeah, and, and, yeah yeah he did and I, and I and I remember um coming up I asked him and this was during like Slauson Boy Volume One I was like uh because he had dropped the mixtape and it was like he was talking about the hood and and the gang culture real heavy mm. like I want to be from RSC to the day that I die like like songs like that mm -hmm. and I and I asked him like like bro you you, you think it's gonna be is we gonna be able to sell uh, putting out that explicit type of gang culture music like that. Mm -hmm. and, and his reply was, because I knew he knew how to do rap the other type of way as well. Yeah. But his reply was, I got to give it to him raw like this because people don't understand that way. Yeah. Like people like, put it like this. And Scarface movie, we rooted for Scarface. Yeah. Even though Scarface passed. So that's what Nip kind of meant, like in the music was he had to put it out there like that and grab their attention, and then go all the way back and revert and start over to give it to you what you, to what you needed to hear. Put the so medicine why, in the candy. Yes. Yeah. So that's why and and, and Nip's uh, last uh, CDs that he put out, you can hear, uh, you can hear the evolution. You can hear a lot of. Uh, don't give up, don't quit, keep going. A lot of marathon, a lot of TMC, a lot of financial literacy, a lot of Vector 90, a lot of A&B, a lot of just bring everything to together and make it solid. And named it the Victory Lap. Without a doubt. After being through all that. Yeah, without a doubt. He reverted back to go get the people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when you come, it, it be hard for a lot of artists to come out when you're from a certain area or a certain demographics around here and come out and, and talk and rap about God. Like right now, Kyrie Supreme wanted to do an album and it was a gospel album. I probably have one listener, but let me put out an album talking about, I wanna kill this nigga and F this B and do all that, yeah. it's, it's through the roof. He understood that. Yeah. So he was like, all right, we gonna give it to him raw. And once, we, once I got their attention, Cobb, I gotta get him and I gotta tell him the full truth. Yeah, what, what was that like? I know he talks about this, the, the story of him meeting Chuck on uh, Crenshaw and giving him the mixtape and how that changed his life, but you know, feeling that pressure of coming up in, the, in this space after obviously Snoop and Dre and then we had the yeah, game and the Kendrick was kind of teetering at that time. Did he feel that pressure of like being the next guy out of LA? Nip, Nip took everything on the chin, whether if he was or if he, he, he wasn't, Nip was like one of them guys that was going to do it his way. Uh, he was going to ride his own wave and, and he was going to figure it out. 
But I, I know the main thing that he wanted to do was tell the people the truth and give it to him. If, even if he had to give it to him raw and even if he had to like lose his life behind it, I'm going to give it to y'all. I'm going to let y'all see what this means. You know, and, and everybody needs to know this. And, and, and this is something that he said in one of his raps. Nip could have left. He did not have to be over here inside the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Nip did enough and had enough to leave. But like on his song, he said that go against his vows. He didn't want to leave us. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to leave you, brother. So he said, if I, got to, if I got to die right here to wake us all up, then so be it. Pack is dope. Um, like another, you know, you don't really hear these guys speak, but to hear Pac, there's a certain level of calmness about him that reflected with me. And it was like, he's still very much in a situation where it's like, he's stuck in the ground. And he understands his mission, but there's still pain. From play ball, when he said like, you know, that's his clothing brand, what it originally started out was like a real gang slinging, like, you know, going to somebody's hood, writing on their walls, and like, yo, you should, if you want to do something about it, play ball. But it's like, all right, let's take that same negative energy and turn it into something positive. Begging for murder is potent while I'm drinking. My losses made me a savage, convert me to a demon. It be your homies that do it to you, then say you tripping. You do it back, they say you wrong, that's a contradiction. Can't play the victim, we standing on it, my niggas speaking. Niggas faking and pulling dick, Nick, you gotta see it. All right, Pac Man. What's the deal? What's the deal? What's up, brother? Yeah, hey, call him. How y'all feeling? I'm good, feeling man. Good, How man. you feeling? Solid, bro. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't, I'll be honest, you walk in this, this space, you feel inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you, thank you. Nah, this is a vibe, man. This is your studio. Yeah. How long, how long you had? Uh, going on three or four years. Now, I ain't really, I don't even remember, bro, because I'll be moving around. What made you? I'll be trying to figure out how many times I signed the lease here. It might be going on three <laughs> years. <laughs> what made you want to get your, what made you want to get your own? A lot of artists. They just rent studio time when they need to use a studio. Um, what made you want to get your own studio? Because um, when you go rent rent studio time, that's like you investing in today's studio. When you can really invest into yourself. You feel me? Um, if you go to another studio, where well, a lot of people don't know, if you go to a lot of, another studio, you record some music, and you don't end up paying them, then they own the rights to that music. You feel me? So I ain't really want to run into none of them situations. So one, I might be broke one month and I can't afford no studio time. I can just come home and record right here, you feel me? So it, was, it, was just, it made sense. But I started off recording myself in my house, in my room, you feel me? After BH put me on. I uh, had a little BS set up in the corner, you feel me? Messed up sound, no plug-ins, about seven, eight tracks only, you feel me? So yeah, I was, I was motivated and inspired. Just you know, finally get my own, you know, be a man at some point. My my original plan as a youngin was just to be a hustler. I just wanted to grind, you feel me? Wanted some quick money. Cause I know I ain't never I ain't never planned on getting no job or nothing. So you do what you taught at times, you feel me? And what I was taught was to hustle. Hustling. DH put up on me, had a little conversation, you feel me? He like come to the studio with me when we was done, whatever, whatever we was doing. He like come to the studio with me around the corner. I'm like, nah, I'm straight. I'm finna go to the spot and get this shit off. <laughs> he like, nigga, come on. I'm like, all right, fuck. He, it probably took him like 15, 20 minutes to get me out the house and go to the spot. I mean, go to the studio. So when I did that, 
I'm like, I'm stiff, bro. He got the mic in the corner, the, the, the setup janky, bro. <laughs> we ain't got no headphones. <laughs> we got the beat playing real low. And then like, he helped me actually do a verse and you know, talk, rapped about what we was actually doing in the conversation. And he played it back. And once he played it back, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, this shit tight. I gotta get a bar of this. So yeah, the next day after that, I took my little real money. Instead of reading up, I went to the guitar center. I bought all the cheapest equipment they had. I'm talking about the mic was probably $70. The, uh, Pro Tools SE, no plugins. I bought a stolen MacBook and I'm putting it together, bro. And, and yeah, I was inspired after Hoggy took me to that, you know what I'm saying? Took me to the studio and uh, let me get it in, for sure. When'd you, need, when'd you meet Nip? I met Nip. See, originally, Cause you're younger, right? Yeah, I'm younger. I'm, uh, I think I'm what, six, seven, maybe eight years younger than Nip. I'm 31. What Nip like 37, 38 right now? Yeah. So I first seen Nip grinding. That's crazy. I was coming home from school. I already heard him because I seen the CDs in the store. You feel me? This nigga seen him flow through the hood, past, past the block, and all that. But written first conversation was at a liquor store on Eighth Avenue, Sixtieth. And he was filming like a documentary. It might have been a, a video. He was he was with the homie uh, Dob. They were like in a beat up Toyota or something. Well, like Dob recording a video. I think some of the footage on YouTube too. And that's when I first like had my first conversation with Nip. And then it's crazy because the first after the first time, that's when we started seeing each other more. Because at this point, I'm 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 outside now, and I'm bending corners. I can run into Nip now. You feel me? Then we kind of just, it was like some natural, it ain't gonna be like no corny old, nothing like that. It was just like a natural gravity to it. Like, you know, when you meet a real nigga, you know. And then when you meet a, 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 a flawed nigga, you like, yeah, I ain't fucking with cuz. You feel me? But, uh, man, that's pretty much how I first, like, my interaction, first interaction with Nip. Then after that, it's been just kind of building, like, slowly but slowly. Now nigga say cuz every day, cuz I'm getting out more. I'm, 14, 15 now, so I can really hang out. You know, Nip been hanging out. So once I was able to leave the gate and really explore the hood a little bit, that's when I was able to like, you know, run into hustle and shit. So like when All Money In, were you original member? No, nope. I, wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about rapping when they had the All Money In thing going. I'm a fan of music, listen to a lot of music, but that's your question. I wasn't an original member, it just kind of formed that way, randomly. Once BH introduced me to the mic, I'm recording every day now. Opposed to going to the spot, I'm standing in the house recording music. You feel me? Putting it out, letting it appear. That uh, it was one time, I don't know what happened, bro. Nip just told me like, yeah, put the all money and stamp on the cover. And that's just how it was. And then after that, that's when I knew it was like, oh yeah, it's, that's what it is. So it was never like, in a, like you just, it just, one day you just, it just happened. It just happened, bro. It just happened. Naturally, like, man, put the whole money in and step on there. Come on, for sure, send it to me. Oh, look, say less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> oh, God. Say less. For Initiation. Sure. Yeah. So, um, talk about, I was just talking to Kobe about this, and one thing that's very impressive about you guys is you each got your own thing going. Even when I was talking to Black Sand, he was like, he really wants people to know that. Like, everybody got their own thing going. He's like, you got the play ball, like, the marriage. It's different people doing different things. Y'all all connected, but y'all all stand on your own two feet. Yeah. How important was that? Like, was that Nip's, how, like, who's, who's 
idea was that to really push that and, and like nobody's dependent on another person. Everybody got to be independent on a certain I think we all just grew that way because it was never a conversation to where you need to do your own thing, you need to do your own thing. We just showed up like that. You feel me? Just showed up on some play ball shit, play uh, 25-8, you know, blue strip, A and B. We just showed up like that. It was already like something was already pressing. We already had it in our minds, like, let's go beat all shit. Everything that we like represent for us, like play ball, before the music, I've been pressing play ball. Cause where I come from originally is like going to spray paint in other niggas' hoods. You feel me? Put roller 60s, put your name, play ball. See what y'all on. That's originally where it came from. But since it's mine, I can do what I want with it. You feel me? If I wanna uh, take that from gang banging and going to other niggas' hoods to put on a t-shirt and push positivity, push ownership, push um, leadership, you know, stuff like that. And that's what I ended up doing. Put it on the t-shirt, let's make some money. You feel me? It's for everybody. It ain't just subject to the hood. You feel me? Because the biggest supporters came a lot from the East Coast. For so Japan, you feel me? So it was like, it, we came like that already. Like this is what we believed in. It sounds like y'all all had that natural grind, that natural yeah, hustle. It was, it was, yeah, it was natural. Oh, yeah, so where, that, that sense of ownership, was that something just being around became ingrained inside of you? I want a nigga who, when I was a kid, let me get some chips. Nah, I'm gonna go get 50 cents for my mama. I need my <laughs> own chips. Yeah. And I've been like that with everything my whole life. You feel me? I don't want to ride another nigga car, I need my own, you feel me? Yeah. So like when we walked in, obviously I said it's immaculate, you can feel inspired. But another thing that I noticed is the level of organization. Yeah. That takes discipline. Right. Right, so as you're building the Playboy brand, right, I'm looking at, I'm like, wait, he's got everything mapped out. This is like, this is the, the set. Where did that, that level of organization come from? Or again, was that developed or were you watching it, the older guys do it and say, all right, they're doing this, but this is how they can do it better. Let me make sure when I, I get my turn, I am going to do it better. Right, right. So the first real studio I've been to was, of course, Nips, the one y'all just left from. But it was like a different unit. And I thought it was dope. Me, he had a little closet, you know, soundproof on there. thought it was dope. He used to let us come up there and record. And um, that's my first time I really like was able to see a real studio and see how I really operate. It was a different feeling opposed to like just being at somebody's house recording, gang of traffic, gang of noise, smoke detector going off. It was really like a cool little program he had set up up in there. You feel me? So, and as time progressed, I'm going to like, I'm seeing Paramount Studios, No Name, Record Plant. I'm like, that's what I want. Cause you know, they used to get the sessions in. You go to a session, you probably got like, a nice fruit bowl right there, you feel me? Some cookies, go to Paramount Studios, tell them we want some cookies, they bring the soft-baked cookies in there. It was like an operation in there. And it was like a compound. And then I ended up, we, we did the, uh, what they call you, where you from. Then he took me with him to the Snoop Dogg compound in Englewood. I'm like, this is a different level. That's a different level. So I was just inspired by that. I'm like, I gotta get my own now, you feel me? Yeah. We was talking to um, Hoggy, and he was telling us that uh, Nip used to like give him assignments, like write down your six month plan. Yeah. This book, listen to the audio book with headphones on when you fall asleep. Yeah. And he was like, he ain't understand it, but he would just do it. Yeah. And, like that's kind of 
even now to this day, like he uses a whiteboard. He he writes down his vision plan. Like, what are the, some of the things that that Nip, you know, instilled in you? Man, Nip used to talk so much, bro, and I took it for granted because I thought we had forever. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be times like they go to the studio or pull up to his house. We'd be chopping it up and he giving game. But at this point, while he talking, as I said, I'm you know I ain't taking advantage of it. Uh, all I'm thinking, like, damn, I got a zip at the house, bro. I need to, you know, go. <laughs> and, and then he watch the documentaries, and I don't know what's going on. He might be reading a book. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I got to go get some money, because oh, hey, later on, they can get the, you know, I got a little wiser and a little older. That's when I started paying attention. I ain't going to lie, it took me for, I ended up uh, catching the case, robbery case, and they bailed me out. We was doing the, uh, he did the photo shoot for Victory Lap, the original photo shoot. Bailed me out, I went to the photo shoot. We ended up going to the store to get an Ace of Spades, and we just had a conversation about the situation, on why it happened, and what needed to change. You feel me? Um, most memorable thing I can remember from that conversation, he told me you need to cut the fat off. And the fat was, you know, driving business, getting fresh every day, eating good, drinking liquor, um, getting jewelry. You know, it was time to get disciplined. That way, God forbid it do happen again, you'll have 10 bands put up for some bill. You feel me? You'll have like your, your stuff together, you feel me? And that's when I, it, I, I, I might have took so long for me to like realize and really put that into play. But that's one of the most important things that Nip taught me and told me when he bailed me out that day. Yeah, it's interesting because as you're saying that, when we walked in, you're watching a documentary. Yeah. We sit down, you got the books. Yeah. And so you can feel like the legacies being passed on, the things you learned, even subconsciously, are happening to you. Yeah. I wonder what you think of now as your role, being from the neighborhood, what your impact now is for the people that are still there. Man, all I can do really is lead by demonstration. I, I, I got like a lot of good advice from uh, older dudes from the hood that's, you know, that's, that's been did it, but that's done with it. Gave me advice about hanging in front of the building, about walking to the store. He like, nigga, that'll kill you, nigga. Get from in front of the building. Man, whatever, it's 60s, nigga. I'm, I'm posted. It's 8th Avenue. I'm right here. And um, I don't take that into consideration until you get older, then you see it happen. You feel me? And then there's only so much you can tell the younger generation. Even my generation, I told people, my generation, my, my, my brothers, my, some of my niggas I grew up with from the sandbox, come be bored with me at the studio. Uh, we, we, might, we might be broke, huh? Uh, the hoes ain't gonna pull up, but nigga, we safe. And, and it's an exit route, guaranteed exit route, because I've seen the demonstration. Obviously, the gang culture is part of the NIP legacy, you guys. How is that, as far as you watching it, being portrayed now? Because now it's like, it's all over the world. It's everywhere. It's um, commercialized a lot of different ways. What are your, what's your thoughts on like hip hop music, gang culture, and like that coming together? <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of real niggas from other states that's part of the gang culture that they adapted from Los Angeles, right? And they some genuine real niggas and they do shit by the code. 
but the ones who really don't understand this shit and they really came to experience it and stuff like that, it just look corny for them, you know what I'm saying? It used to bother me, but now I'm like, man, two each is on. Do you think, it's, do you, do you think it's do you think it's beneficial? For them? For you, for just for anybody. Like do you think that gangs are beneficial? Because I was talking I Not today. I don't think it is today. Not today. If I knew it was gonna turn out like this, I'd be the same nigga, but a non-affiliate. Mm. You feel me? I'd be be the same me without saying cuz on 60 Crip type shit and without that many enemies and shit like that. But I'd be the same stand-up, humble, selfless guy. You feel me? I'd be the same one. I just, you know, when, like, like I said, you know, you, 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 you pick up what you learn and what you see every day. Every day is just like, it's still in you. But it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't beneficial, not today. Yeah, in terms of, like, even the exposure of it, when you're doing business, obviously you got a brand, but you, music is your business. Yeah. If you alienate people, then you lose customers. Yeah. Is that one of those, like, kind of one of those lessons that you learn as you... Yeah, that, that's one that I still... Somebody just asked me about that, too, recently, about uh, about an idea I came up with, but they like, oh, uh, it's kind of like going to be a little due to the gang, but it's like the demonstrations say otherwise. You see, when they buying Playboy clothing in bulk from Japan and they flying out here to pick it up, or when they getting like four or five outfits and they for their family in New York, like full beanies to the sweatpants. You feel me? It say otherwise. You feel me? So I think <clears throat> like a lot as far as like in LA, it'd be a little bit of resistance. But when it comes to outside the states, outside of like different states and stuff, it'd be beneficial. Reason being our culture is so powerful to where like they, they ain't never experienced it. But they probably know more about it than I do. You feel me? They put they put our lifestyle into a magnifying glass and look real careful, and they find something that we missed, and they want to be a part of that. You feel me? So you gotta think about it. Niggas have bought T-shirts that said "Crip" out the country, or T-shirts that said "1960" out the country, out the states. So it'll be beneficial at, at some degree, but. Far as LA, yeah, it ain't go, it ain't gonna fly like that. Yeah. It ain't really no unity out here like that. It's like every man for itself. It's still a doggy dog world out here. Mm. In LA, yeah, in LA for sure. It's different from the other states. When you go down south, that'd be. When I went to Atlanta, they like this. Working together. And then out, out here it's kind of like, niggas ain't even gonna speak to you. Nigga probably think you soft. And you say what's up, bro. Nigga probably think you soft. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it, you know, it, it's a resistance out here when it comes to like certain merch. You, know, you go hit a ceiling at some point, you don't really want to hit no ceiling. That's when you got to find time. Hoggy, man, he's the, he's the personality. You could just tell his level of, of reverence and respect for Nip. When you see Nip, CBH, he was a young counterpart. Like when he said we went to the sanctuary that night, it felt that way. It felt like. This is a privileged opportunity that nobody's had, but they wanted us to see it because they understand the mission that we're on. Yeah, man, we in the back of the back. BH, what's good, my guy? What up, what up, what up? Yeah, listen, man, you know, watching the, the marathon and, and watching y'all story, man, it's always been super inspirational. 
But I was talking to to uh, Copy yesterday, and he was saying, "Yo, you was my young boy," and he pulled you up. So, what was it like as a youngin watching these guys move around uh, in, in the city at the time? Shit, South Central LA at the time it was crazy. You see what I'm saying, Copy, couple other bros. You see what I'm saying, they was like people I looked up to when I was young. You see what I'm saying, they was. Hood, they did what they were supposed to do, but they didn't just steer a nigga, like, crash out. It's like, you're going to do everything you got to do, but I'm not just going to crash you. So I, I liked that that was certain, you know what I'm saying, older homies. And, yeah, I kind of, like, took a little bit of all my bros and, like, mixed it into my shit, and then I just came with that recipe. I wonder at times, do you think, out of all the youngins in the neighborhood, why they chose you? What, the, what, what do you think they saw in you that said, yo, we got to grab him and bring him with us? Shit. It wasn't really, you know, shit. Man, it wasn't even like, it just, it just happened. Like, it just happened. Like, I'm in the hood doing my shit. They in the hood doing they shit. And you know how... It's more not even like a person could choose you. It's more like the energy. Mm. The energy choose you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I get with Kavi, I get with Nip, I get with these type people and the energy connected us. Not like I tried to be with them or try to be they little bro. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the same with them. I feel like the energy connected with them where they like, we fuck with little bro. And then it was on from there. Yeah, that, that's important, man. It, it's similar to our story, and I was telling you, like, a lot of people see our team, but they see the young guys with us. And it was right. always a, a mission of us to say, like, look, if they're going to be the next, let's grab them and make sure they they always good. So, you know, that was one of the things I seen in, in Nip and Y'all crew. It was like, all right, we got to do that. But I, I seen that in Jay and his crew. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's how the music translates. I wonder right now, obviously, in the role that you're in, obviously, you, you've grown, you know, what do you feel your role is now to the, the younger homies that's still out in the hood? Like, do you roll back? Do you mentor them? Like, are you taking the role now that once was given to you? For sure. Like, you know, I feel like we gotta lead by example. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to push and get to these levels where I could show my young niggas this shit could be done. Just like Hustle was trying to do with us. And so, at my everyday goal is to just keep going, get bigger, bigger, bigger. So people can, from my neighborhood, see, like, because on my side, niggas don't make it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they never seen nobody to even make it. Snip was the biggest shit, like, over there. Like, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, they got to keep that going, because I know that's what Nip was on. He wanted to, like, and he went out for that shit. Mm-hmm. So I respect that. So I'm like, I got to keep that shit going, no matter what. You see what I'm saying? Until mm-hmm. it's over for me or whatever the fuck, and then it pass on to the young niggas and they learn from what they learn from me and keep this shit alive, you know what I mean? Where this shit live forever. The marathon will always uh, continue.
in the sanctuary. Yeah, man. That's where, that's where bro told me, he said, this is the sanctuary. We don't, we don't let nobody in here. Yeah, it's a compound. It's a compound. Yeah, it's exclusive access. So tell right. them, this is a studio. This is, a, this is the original studio? Yeah, it's one of the original studios, you know. So in our headquarters, keeping this shit going, still going. So I see on the board, you got the new money records, you got the clothing, you got the exotics, you got the foundation. So tell us what's what's going on. Let's let's start with the records. So what's going on with the music side for you? So with the music side, I've been like just like focusing in, like working on my craft, being real quiet, just you know working. So I got some shit. So I got a gang of songs. I just been stacking them, stacking them. So now I ain't got to the point where I'm ready to put them out because I've been working on it so long. And yeah, so that's about to come out real soon. I've been trying to just pick through the song, see what I want to drop first. What should I keep? What should I? You know what I mean? Shit like that. So you had a near fatal experience. Nip actually rapped about it when he said when you all got shot in his head. Mm -hmm. How did that affect, how did that change your life, if anything? Like, you know, I heard 50 when he said he got shot nine times and it made him work harder. It changed his whole work ethic. It changed his whole outlook on everything. And that's, even his voice changed and he said like he really tapped into that. Kind of made him the artist that he is now. How, how did that experience, you know, shape you? Shit really just made me understand like this shit is real. Like you could be right there one minute and you gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was that close. I was just chilling and I was shot bleeding. See what I'm saying? And I was like, damn, it's 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 a rap, like nigga, you just and I was sixteen at the time. So I was still young. I was like, damn, it's crazy, you shot. You fucked up, you bleeding right now. And I'm like, you see what I'm saying? You worked yourself quick just off a little decision you made. One little decision changed your whole life that fast. And then it, it kind of made me realize what, like my mom kind of used to tell me she tried to like uh, prevent that type of shit from happening, you know? But you're a young nigga when you like 15, 16, you don't want to hear that shit. But I remember getting shot and I'm like, damn. Nah, I dare her to trick myself out of this shit that fast. She said, like, nigga, I right. And then I, I sit there like, damn. And so I was fucked up. They said shit like I couldn't walk. I would be brain dead, like all that type of shit. And when I bounced back from that, hustle really kind of grabbed me up. Like, you about to do some other shit. Like, and I'm like, come on, man, I'm with that. Like, let's do something. So, that went to that, and then I started just sitting in the studio watching him work, and I'm trying to hustle, do little shit, and I used to be like, bro, this shit boring. Like, how you stay here all day? Like, like, bro, you ain't depressed. Like, looking at these same walls, he wouldn't leave, and I'm like, bro, I'll be back. Like, I feel you, but I'll be back. But then I come back, he's still there. See what I'm saying? So that taught me like. This is how you gotta do it. If you wanna do it, you can't leave. Make the food come to you. Make everybody that's in your life come to you if they care. Don't leave. And so 
Yeah, I've been following that program. It's like, you know, it's like when 50 said, I'm right to 50. Nah, he's like, what he say? Nah, I know that I'm here for a real reason. Like, yeah, like yeah, 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 nah, so it's a blessing. You get yeah. shot in your head. Like you said you could have been brain damaged, you could have been paralyzed, but you know that's 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 something that is actually a miracle. For sure. There's a, there's a bigger mission, bigger calling on your life. When we walked in here, you said, "Yo, this is the sanctuary. This is where I, this is where I get the ideas." And so we, we we talked about the records, but let's talk about the exotics. You know what I mean? We, we, we talked to Kavi yesterday and he, he was talking about the marijuana industry 10 years ago and his vision for it. How did you get into it? What's your vision for the growth of your business? Well, shit, like, originally back in the days, I was known for, like, having weed, shit like that, the best weed in the neighborhood. Everybody had come to me. And one thing about me, I wanted to get some money because we didn't have no money, so... It wasn't a time you couldn't call me. 2.30, I'm waking up. 3.30 a.m., I'm waking up. I, it didn't matter. Call my phone. You can get some weed. <laughs> Pull right to the back. I'm coming out. I'm going to serve anybody. The whole South Central used to come. Pull up, get the little weed, and go on on on. And so, like, I always was like, and one day a nigga need to take that shit to the next level. You see what I'm saying? So, now we, like... And then Nip got his little strand marathon OG. Mm -hmm. We got the collective, the weed store. And so now I'm like, shit, this shit turning like legit. Let me turn my not legit life to the legit life. And so sat down with some growers, picked my favorite strands, uh, got my packaging made, did shit like that. and drop so i'm about to do the official drop i don't know a date but it's coming i ain't did the official drop yet so let's talk about this merch situation you got a hoodie that has a hundred dollar bill on it and you say that's gonna be that's gonna be a capsule that you're gonna be dropping soon so what's the deal with the merch what, what, what inspires you to fashion you seem like you you into fashion you've been in fashion your whole life yeah you know always been in fashion like when I start to afford it, you know, it was time and they just had to have to wear what he had. <laughs> but yeah, when it got to the point I can afford it, hell yeah, I want to put that shit on every day. So, like my hoodie, what kind of inspired it? Like they call me Bluey because it's like the blue money. Once I got that blue money, it kind of turned me out. Just went bright. <laughs> and so with my clothing brand, I kind of wanted it to be like kind of like about me and kind of like how I live and what I represent. So I'm the Blue Strip. I call myself Blue Strip also. I got a lot of names. <laughs> so I'm Bluey, Blue Strip, all that. So I was like, I got to put a Blue Strip on every hoodie. People are like, well, you crazy. You got to you gonna have to put the money on it too. I'm like, shit, fuck it. I'm just going to have to put the money. And so I had that idea for so long, like, I don't know, maybe like 10 years or some shit like that. I just had the idea like, and then recently I was just like, man, why don't you bring the fucking idea to life and make the shit happen and put them up like. And so I went and pulled up on my boy, hollered at like Black Sam, got some ideas from everybody that I fuck with. Barter, who else I pulled up on? Couple dudes, you know what I'm saying, that I fuck with. 
and I, I fuck with their vision of two fly. He got the vertebrae, shout out vertebrae. That's my boy. Uh, pulled up, got some ideas, and I went to my, my dude uh, factory, and I told him the concept, the idea, gave him the hundred, picked the color, came with some artwork, and he brought it to life. You see what I'm saying? He made that one, and I was like, yeah. This, yeah, now I can see it. Now I'm like, I'm gonna tweak little things, add little tags and whatever, and then it's, it's ready to go. I'm just gonna drop it. Probably not a mixtape to the $100 bill on the sweatshirt. Shit like that. Shit like that. Some hustle yeah. shit. So, I mean, we got the records, we got the exotics, but most importantly, and I know that meant a lot to you know the entire Marathon family, is community. And so you got Blue Many Foundation. So talk a little about what, what that is and the impact that you see for that. Shit, the Blue Money Foundation, I just wanna like, a lot of the funds I get from, I don't know, the clothing, the music, I just always wanna take at least, I don't know, 10% something, throw into the funds, uh, the Blue Money Foundation. You know what I'm saying? It's just so like, the neighborhood, we got the Nip Hustle Foundation also, so, just so the neighborhood, like the kids and the people that's growing up after us, when they don't have uh, like backpacks and shit like that for school and all that, the Blue Money Foundation or the Hustle Foundation, we covering all that. You know, if you really serious need it, we got that. If you really serious need a MacBook and you a kid that's um, in school and you really handling your business, We'll buy you a MacBook, but you need to come on and show the right shit that you really been working. I'll go in my pocket and get the MacBook. So I'm saying? So that's kind of how I want my foundation to be, just about like giving back to the people that really need it. Is that something that's been fundamental in, in pretty much everybody's business? It seems like everybody has their own independent thing, although it's a, it's a family all money in. Is the community give back a foundational principle inside the businesses? Yeah, it is, because, you know, like, when you come from nothing, you know how it feels to be, like, have nothing. I'm sure, like, we all come from, like, where it was thirsty. We didn't have no bag to start with. So it was, like, when I be able to have my bag and, you know, do my shit, I think back, like, I remember I was like y'all one time. So it's, like, if I could help y'all take this, I can't give y'all everything, but here, take this. You know what I'm saying? To keep going, don't stop, shit like that. So how is, how is it important for all y'all guys, I still like, it seemed like y'all real, real close, like the whole all you know, after Nip passed, like how important was it to just still remain close and be each other's support system? Cause I'm sure everybody got their own issues and everybody deals with things differently. But um, you know, how important was that to still remain as a unit? even though Nip is no longer here. I feel like it was very important to like keep the squad together because it's like, fuck us, this what Hustle built. Hustle seen something in each person where he put this together, you know what I'm saying? And he made a play that's, it's like, okay, I, fuck if I like it or not, or if y'all like it, this Hustle play. So if y'all fuck with Hustle, everybody, we gotta keep this shit together. And so, I'm like, I always just said, I'm gonna do my part. 
and I just do my part in this shit, you know what I mean? Whatever the squad need from me or they call, whatever, I'm on deck. So what's the, what's the vision moving forward? What's, what are you most passionate about? You got the music, you got the cannabis, you got the clothes, like, what's, what's, what's your number one passion that you really, really want to pursue? I'm just really trying to like, take it there. You see what I'm saying? Like, my mission, hustle, we used to sit in here and just focus on like, taking it there. Like, doing some shit that never been done. You know what I'm saying? Being like Warren Buffett, but from South Central, that never been done. You don't know a nigga that got 60 billion. That's from South Central. You see what I'm saying? Shit like that we used to be on. And I used to be like, yeah. I'm like, that sounds tricky, husband. But <laughs> hey, man, I believe in it. We could try it. I'm with it. Let's try it. He like, no, Hulk, trust me, bro. Let's just stay down. Fuck all that. We gonna just... And I'm like, all right, well, I'm right here, let's go. <laughs> and so, to this day, I'm still on that mission. Like, Warren Buffett, this shit, go grab that money. Go get you 60 billion now. Like, that's them there, like, all right, you did something. Because now, you can go turn everybody up. You can turn the hood up. You can look out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you don't do that, you ain't really done nothing. Like, I'm trying to do some shit that ain't been done. That's really the goal, like. I'm trying to take it to a level where I scare myself. Like, I, I like that you said that you, you want to take it where nobody's ever gone. Right. So all money in, obviously this family, we feel like we're living inside of Nip's legacy. But I want to know as an individual, what do you want your legacy to be? Shit. My legacy just like, just me, like what I live by. You know, I live by the code. Just stay real to this shit. Don't fold. Don't do the little bullshit. Like, even though I come from, like, some scandalous shit, I don't do bullshit to my folk and, like, inside and all that. That's goofy shit to me. Mm -hmm. How I'm raised, we don't do that. And so, yeah, I just wanna, you know, just let the young niggas or whoever looking up to this shit know that, like, no matter how you start, that ain't how you gotta finish. You can do whatever you really want to do if you take it there. You know what I'm saying? It's the difference in like winning and losing is like, nigga, one to win. Like, if you never want to win, you're not going to win. We don't get a chance to write our legacy. You know, nobody gets a chance to write their legacy. Your legacy is written by other people. I remember Styles had said this like, <laughs> only thing that matters when you, when, they, when you die is what they thought of you. And you could tell how great he was because of. How, what they thought of him, what they think of him. The one common denominator between every single person that we spoke to is how close they hold Nip. This is a privileged opportunity that nobody's had, but they wanted us to see it because they understand the mission that we're on. Even though I never got a chance to meet him, I know who he was as a person. I know how he was now because I got a chance to meet the people that were closest to them. And I, I, I think I have a, a full understanding of who he was as a person, how he was. How, how the conversation would have been if we were able to have that conversation with him. But we did have a conversation with him through the people that he loved the most. Let's go back to that first line, like the few dudes that wasn't supposed to make it out but decode the language. I felt like Nip was speaking about himself, right? But I feel like he was talking about us too, especially in financial education, something that was 
way over everybody's head, but we decoded the matrix. And when we get to speak, it's like a code of language. We understand the language we speak in. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.